2: Welcome into today's edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Ali Moreno. And if that was enough, look who's here as well. Frank LeBeuf joins us as once again, Champions League dominates the conversation as we kick things off in Germany. Leipzig taking on at Manchester City. This time finished one apiece. You wouldn't have thought that of the first half. City completely dominated this game. Leipzig really forgot to turn up until after break, where they were much improved, deserving uh, the equalizer. So it'll be 1 1 going into that second leg in Manchester. Before we talk about the game in general, drama at the end where it looked clearly a handball against Leipzig. This was this pretty much the last action of the whole match and basically the official said, oh, I want to go home. Yes. <laughs> I can't be bothered with any of this. Let's get out of it.
3: It's, it, it's crazy. It was Henrik's so substitute right back, who actually played very well, but decided he was going to, uh, thought he'd come on as a goalie. Same as Suchek in the West Ham. But it was you? that move, it, Like, it was... It was yeah, a- I mean, he, it's, it was an instinct from him and all the City players. And he, I, we believe it was checked, but there's some, some uh, conflicting reports that it wasn't checked. Yeah. Yeah. But the giveaway is all the City players, you know, claiming for it. Now, that's not to say it's a penalty when players do that. Yeah. But they saw it, and he, he's
2: basically saved it. Yes, yeah, completely. Like, it, you see the replay and you think, well, How?
1: Rarely nowadays, with a handball, we have a clear look that says, you know what, that, yes, that is without a doubt a handball because of the interpretations that we now have on the laws of the game. There was nothing to interpret here. He literally made a move with his hands towards the ball like a goalkeeper, almost as if saving the ball off of his face so that it doesn't hit him. It is clearly a handball. Clearly, a penalty. I don't know how this goes either unchecked, and even if it was checked, how uh, they don't say, uh, "Excuse me, we may have an issue here." Come on now, Mister Lebeuf. <laughs> well, yeah, that's 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 getting insane,
4: you know. VAR has been created <laughs> to avoid those kind of mistakes uh, from referees, and yesterday we had uh, mistakes from a referee. In my point of view, with Liverpool, you know, just before a possible three-three before the disaster. Today, is that the last minute? I mean, again, you know, it's, it can be okay if it's a, let's say, a low, so-called low-grade division where you don't have even the VAR, and that's all right. We are talking about Champions League, guys, you know. Referees, wake up. or don't leave the booth before the end of the game, you know, because that's not fair for, the, for, the, for, the, for even us watching the game. Say, what's going wrong with the guys, you know? What are they doing now? That's insane, again. Again, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't, r- another guy who's going to retire or resign, you know, because he doesn't do his job. Uh, well, I don't know, maybe.
3: It was right at the end of the game, which, you know, some would say, "Oh, well, give them an out. But the ball went out, I think, for a throw-in, mm-hmm. and he blew for full time. Yep. I was expecting him just to blow and, say, and put then. the hand out and then do the usual. Yep. And a quick check, 15 seconds, where I wrap that up with yes. the looks of those. And then, but as Frank said... It's, I mean, Premier League, Bundesliga, La Liga. Yeah. You know, league on Champions League. You can't go humans. anywhere.
2: When you get humans involved, <laughs> that's all <laughs> <what laughs> goes wrong. Get <laughs> yeah, referees. Right, away from that incident, this wasn't the most... Weren't
3: any cliches about, game me two halves?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you could. First half, was, there was just one
3: team in it, but it was boring. Mm-hmm. First half was a parade. RB Leipzig were so bad in the first half in terms of their ball retention... One, they couldn't get it off City, and two, they couldn't retain it once. they And the few times they did have it. That being said, City's goal came from a mistake. Good goal, but it yeah, came no. from a mistake. But there's not a lot else happening, is there? No. I mean, there's a lot of possession. Uh, you know, Grealish holding the left-hand side, Kyle Walker pushing up on the right, Mara's floating around, Bernardo Silva floating around doing a great little job. But there's no... There's no peppering the goal. There's a lot of possession, but there's no peppering the goal. There's no feeding Haaland, and it got worse in the second half for Erling Haaland. We talk about this every week, don't we? We do. It's a recurring theme. I mean, he'll love his goals. If if Erling Haaland plays in a game like this, and the one at Forest, and he walks off and he's got a goal or two, he ain't really caring about whether he got slipped in six times. or. But when he's not getting any chances, and he's not getting any build-up play... And he looked frustrated. He walked off a couple of times yes. and just like, I, I, I'm not making any more runs. No, no, because well, they just weren't finding no. it's, him.
1: It's not even that they're not finding him, Dan. It's that they're not even looking for him. Erling Haaland is playing off the shoulder of defenders for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to try to time the run perfectly so that he can exploit the spacing behind. And there were several times in which he times that run well, he gets in behind, and Gundogan, who has the ball at his feet, says, no, I don't think so. We're going to go sideways, or we're going to go back and sideways again and backwards again. As a striker, and I can only give you the perspective of a striker. I don't know about center back. I don't know about central midfielder. But as a striker, the only purpose as to why I'm making a running behind is because I want to exploit that space, because I want you to play me the ball. Now, a secondary, secondary uh, consequence of me making the run is to make space for somebody else. Mm. But first and foremost, I am saying, I'm timing the run well, so you play me the ball in behind. If I make that run four, five times, and you don't play me that ball, at some point I say, well, I don't even know if it's coming, and if it's not coming, I'm not making the run. And now, which I, I think it gets overlooked when we talk about Manchester City, It's not only what Erling Haaland does in making that running behind for himself, potentially, but what he does for the space underneath. Because in making the running behind, if you play in the ball several times, it actually creates a space because you push that back line. And so now all the little playmakers that want to get on the ball, all the guys in the space underneath that want to rotate the possession, they'll have more space to play. Play on the ball. Play Erling Haaland the ball. I've been saying this for weeks. I'm with you, Craig. It's a p- anytime that Manchester City plays, it feels like we have the same conversation.
2: Frank, would you like to join in the same conversation?
4: Oh, yes, I would love to because uh, I think uh, the guy at some point is going to be fed up. He's fine now. He doesn't even complain about it, but I think at some point he's going to be frustrated and he has the right to be frustrated because as Ali said, they don't even look for him. He's uh, maybe the third choice they f- first uh, look for uh, Grealish or Mahrez because it's how they, they get used to that. Uh, uh, for years, they play without a striker. Uh, they, they went around, they play handball, handball, sorry, because it's German, and, and they, they, don't, they don't try to look for Allen. So, therefore, the guy can make any run he wants, they don't even see him. At some point, you know, that's, that's Guardiola's system uh, which forces the others to not use Alan. So if you hire Alan, that should be a purpose, and he sh- should be served in the right amount of time. Because at some point, he's going to say, well, I want to play football, please. Mm. I just only want to play the action. He's a little bit responsible also for that, because at some point, he should go, come back and ask for the ball. He's a young guy, like Ibrahimovic was able to do so.
3: He did do that against Man United, in particular, did a little bit against Tottenham. Both those games were defeats, uh, where he he was on the periphery of the game, not so much through his own fault. If memory serves me right, he got one pass from that one pass that put him through from Grealish.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was the one that he scuffed wide. Yeah. He,
3: hit, yeah. he he got a run on Guardiola, and uh, but he he was a little wide, difficult chance. Can't remember any others. No, no. And then on top of that, okay, you think right, well you know, big six-foot-five, whatever he is, strapping centre-four then. So how many crosses did they put in if they're not slipping them down the channels, down between the centre-half and full-back? How many crosses did they get in? They must have got a few crosses in then. No, none of them either. (laughs) So it's all very well playing this way. I mean, look, maybe they'll win the Premier League and the Champions League doing this. Maybe he'll pop up and all the frustrations will be gone. But it's difficult to see how they're more effective basically negating their one of the best talents. Yeah. Uh, it's OK playing that way when you've got a uh, De Bruyne, and they did it last year. Previous to that, they did play a lot of balls through for, for Aguero, and that's how you get as many goals. But, but they stopped doing it. It's almost like they get into a way of playing between Aguero and Haaland. They get into this way of playing with somebody who was a dropping in. It might have been Foden, might have been De Bruyne, might have been Mares, might have been Sterling. And it seems like they're just continuing with this same way of playing, yet they've got one of the best strikers uh, on the planet. Think about Dortmund. OK, people might say, well, team squeezed higher against Dortmund. Possibly. But look up back at a lot of his goals in Germany. The ball's going over his shoulder and he's bundling defenders out the way and he's flying in behind one-on-one. You're not seeing too many goals like that this season. You've seen a lot of goals. Certainly not lately.
1: But not, yeah, not lately. But, Um, But the best evidence of that is the match against Arsenal, in which Manchester City were forced to play the ball long because of the high pressure of Arsenal. And it was Erling Haaland that was manhandling Gabriel, throwing him on the ground, get off me, get off me. You can't stay with me. And if you see that, I don't quite understand it. See, as a player, I would think that that would resolve an issue for me. If I'm a central midfielder or I'm a center back and I'm in some sort of pressure, I'll play this guy down the channel. It's an easy outlet. it, it, It should be a basic decision to say, all right, we're in trouble here, but I know that guy can resolve an issue for me. I'll put it over the top and let him fight for it. Manchester City don't want to play that way, but you're not utilizing the strength of a player who can be dominant.
3: Sorry, just briefly, Done. Uh, before we go to Frank, there's no argument against Leipzig were too deep and that's why we couldn't do it because the second half they were not. Mm. The second half, Marco Rosa had basically gave them a dressing down at halftime. They had three and four pressing and they were asking City to try and play out. So the two centre-backs were basically on the halfway line and yet we, we still didn't see it. Look, it's not a disaster away from home. 1-1. But I tell you what, if I'm RB Leipzig and I saw how I played in the second half and I saw the chances City were trying to take yeah. and the fact that they created, not only scored, but created a couple of extra chances, th- this game is far from dead. Not within Man City we're seeing this season. Go on, Frank. Yeah,
4: very quick comment. I want to know because there are so many press conferences, you know, uh, nowadays, why any media, why any journalists ask uh, Guardiola, because we are talking, but we don't have the answer. Why your players are trying to avoid uh, Ireland? Maybe we'll have an answer. Maybe we'll know who's responsible for that. Maybe Guardiola say, I don't know. I don't know why they do that. I don't know why they mm. don't try to get long balls. I doubt about it. I'm pretty sure the only responsible is him because of his system, because he wants to go around. He wants to keep the position. He doesn't want to take any risk and, uh, of losing the ball. But... Ask him the question, guys.
3: That's your job. Ask him the question. We want to know. He, he doesn't like subs either, does he? No <laughs> subs. No I mean, subs they again. might as well he... sit in the dressing room with a suit on yes. and then just yeah. wait for somebody in case somebody gets injured. It's common, though, with him. He very rarely makes subs. I mean, I know choose. his bench... His bench. What, I mean, for Man City, his bench actually wasn't as strong today. Right. But there was still the likes of uh, Julian Alvarez yep. and Phil Foden. He's maybe just at the end for... Ten minutes up front, one of them, just to do something different? No.
2: Leipzig, of course, came out, rallied much better. If you say a higher press in the the second half, Vardyol getting the equaliser. Was it a foul on Ruben Diaz, the hands on the shoulder? No, I don't think so. Not at all. Vardyol... He jumps ahead of Ruben
1: Diaz. He he times his jump jump, and explodes off the ground while Ruben Diaz simply misjudges the flight of the ball. It's slow to the jump. By the time he tries to get off, Vardio is all over him. And he's not, Vardio is not utilizing Ruben Diaz to jump. He was already off. His hands are still on him though, aren't they? Do you not hear the part in which I
2: just said to you that he did
5: not use Ruben Diaz
2: to jump. He was already yes, up there. How can I jump if, if he's got my shoulders there? My oh, hands on my shoulders. Well, how can you
1: jump? That's a different <laughs> question. As for Ruben Diaz, he was late right. to begin with. Right. He was so never ne- getting... That negates any contact. Yes, he, he was late to the jump and... Vardiol was already to the point to where Ruben Diaz was never going to get there to begin with, so I don't see that as a foul at all. And looking for a reason, it's only trying to make an excuse for Manchester Fortunately, City.
3: Fortunately, you'll never be in that position <laughs> I'm De- defending on the six-yard line. <laughs> no, that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> marking a centre half on the six-yard line. <laughs> uh, do you agree with Ali? Yes, he got up. He got up really early, and part of the arms was a consequence of Diaz not basically getting off the floor. Yeah. So no problem with the goal, Frank. No, no, I agree with the guys.
4: I, I call it a clever jump, you know, where you jump mm. before, Ooh. you stay up. If the guy wants to jump, stay down. It's too late. You cannot do anything. Clever clever jump. Well done,
2: Mr. Guardiola. Uh, well, well done. Uh, there we go. As you say now, the, the, the second leg isn't a formality, is it? Especially with City no. this season. I know, home advantage or the great in the Champions League. But you still think, oh, I but do not like- trust this City team at
3: all. Not, and it was like... It was so easy in the first half that City get in a rut of 1-0, will just keep the ball. Yeah. And and they're leaving the cell open. They left the cell open at Forest. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nottingham Forest, a team struggling to, that will fight tooth and nail to stay in the Premier League. A team that's fighting RB Leipzig with Bayern Munich at the top of the Bundesliga. You can't, you're not going to get away with those things. You, you, you're just not. And, there's something missing at the moment. There's something not right. We've already seen the Cancelo situation where terrific player was sort of ousted. De Bruyne had lost some form and was dropped this season. He wasn't available today. Uh, Haaland's frustrations. And people are pointing to the goals, right? That's fair enough. But there are still an awful lot of big games he's getting frustrated in. There's just something not as fluid about this Manchester City side. To me, they don't look like they're going to beat teams by four or five goals.
2: But then Pep Guardiola, speaking afterwards, says, hey, this is a good team. Mm. You can't expect us to come here and beat Leipzig by four or five goals. Oh, Maybe not by four or five goals,
1: but if you're dominating the possession in the manner in which you were in the first half, that you would at least be creating more opportunities, that you are that strong of a team and have been that strong of a team to be able to find spaces and to be able to create chances against a Leipzig team, that I would say this. Ahead of the game, I think Marco Rosa would have taken a 1-1 draw. I think he would have taken it and will decide it on the second leg. The way the game played out, I think Marco Rosa, after seeing what happened in the second half when they were willing to actually challenge Manchester City, he's probably thinking, you know, maybe, just maybe, we could have challenged Manchester City earlier. Maybe we should not have been as tentative conservative, reactive, perhaps even overly respectful of Manchester City. Because when Leipzig came out in the second half and actually were willing to pressure Manchester City, they created opportunities. They created chances. And Hiring, who came on as a sub and I thought that was a very good move from Marco Rosa, you actually push Manchester City. He had an opportunity 1v1 against Ederson. So I think overall you take it if you are Leipzig, but just slightly disappointed that you didn't give yourself a better opportunity because of what we're saying, that Manchester City are
2: vulnerable. Yeah, and that's it. It's like, OK, obviously, what you can't judge in one game. But if you were to sit someone in front of yesterday's match and today's game and you would tell them that Manchester City are favourites to win the Champions League ahead of Real Madrid, they'd think you'd be crazy.
3: Well, they're the bookish favourites again, but... I... <laughs> The last two years, I think, on the show, I've said they have found spectacular ways in this competition of shooting themselves in the foot. Oh, they completely outplayed Real Madrid last year. And the year before, there was a, it was at Leon or whoever it was. I think it was whatever. But they're finding a way this season to keep teams in the game. And right. they've done it here today. Because when you talk about RB Leipzig being a good team, they weren't a good team in the first half. Good teams can play more than two passes. Yeah. Slager and Limer couldn't... Uh, Couldn't pass the ball in the first half. Fosberg, who's one of the best players, never got a touch. So Bozlai's been a great player for them, never got a touch. Timo Werner on the fringes again. They just never got any passing. They couldn't keep the ball. And that's why I think they were really there for the taking. But Man City are not putting teams away. And I have no confidence in this Man City team to not do what they've done every year in the Champions League. Yeah. is blow a brilliant position, and be scratching their heads and going, "How are we out of this competition again?" I, I, I would. I'm not saying it's going to be in this leg, but I'm damn. If you said to me now, what's more likely, them getting to the final mm-hmm. or them blowing uh, a two-legged game against a team they've dominated? Yeah. I would go with the blowing. The two-legged game. You said yesterday that City were your favourites. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I believe it was a question in extra time. Yeah. In which, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Craig was trying to find the answer up there somewhere. Yes, yep, in the yeah. Exactly. He was searching well, it. Well, uh, can you point to me where the place is? <laughs> yeah. Same place, uh, Alan. Alan was looking <laughs> yeah, to yeah. for most of the uh, game. May I redact my answer? You can do whatever you want, Alan. Uh, may I revise my answer? Look, based on, on the evidence we saw today, it's really difficult to trust Manchester City. They're very vulnerable, and I, and I don't know that they have actually internalized that, that they've actually understood that they are vulnerable. Right. Because they're playing with an air of arrogance that is not justified given the performances and given the results. The fact that they just... Drew against Nottingham Forest in the same type of match, in the same type of game, that you don't see a different type of attitude for this, for this group. And while Pep Guardiola may say, well, look, we're playing against Leipzig. This is a good team. German teams never quit. It's the personality of this country. Okay, so be it. Fair enough. But you are Manchester City. Leipzig are not favorites to win this competition. You are, because of the talent that you have available I don't think you can trust this team right now. It may get
3: better, but right now, not so much. But look what they do with Benzema. Yep. I mean, Benzema, he wasn't fully fit, no. but he, he floats around. He drops deep, and, yeah. and Real Madrid pass it around, particularly in the midfield, Modric and Camavinga uh, yesterday. Who was in the midfield yesterday? Valverde. And Valverde. They whip it around, and then it goes out to Vinicius, and it comes back in, and then all of a sudden, it's not just passing for the sake of it, which I kind of feel sometimes where we are with Man City is passing for... Oh, this is, this is lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Let's go back to the keeper, back to your kanji, back out there. Real Madrid are a much more effective team at passing it and then waiting for the moment, then bang. Two, three passes, they're in. Benzema just appears from off one of the wider positions and they've got like a three on two. They play... They're not as possessive as Man City, but they play a passing game, Real Madrid but they're a damn sight more threatening in the yeah. final third. Yeah. A lot more threatening. And City need to be more threatening in that final third.
2: Uh, well, just a reminder, Bundesliga live here on ESPN+. Plus Throughout the season, it's quite a title race which is taking shape, isn't it? Leipzig looking to keep on the coattails of those battling for top spot. All of these games live on ESPN+. Uh, Leipzig in action on Saturday at home against Eintracht Frankfurt.
6: Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S ebikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Elsewhere today, Inter will take a 1-0 lead into the second leg in Portugal as they defeated 10-man Porto at San Siro. It'll be a late, late goal from the substitute sure if you've heard of him, Romelu Lukaku. Lukaku? score with four minutes to go. Uh, quite the uh, response as well, because this is what uh, Giuseppe Marotta, the Inter CEO, had to say about Lukaku ahead of the game. And while it's starting, I have to say he has 103 kilos to carry around, so he needs to be in perfect physical shape to deliver. And he is not there yet. Oh, man. Oh. That's a good response, isn't it? There you <laughs> go. Come off the bench and score the winning goal. Look <laughs>
3: He did look a little uh, <laughs> uh, podgy. <laughs> I was wondering why <laughs> a little wide. I mean, just forget it was 120 kilos sat in that chair yesterday. Well, <laughs> oh, yes, that's Yeah, yeah, hasn't I mean, forgotten. I think that's like it's almost like come on. But he did make a difference when he came on. He did. He linked up with Lautaro Martinez. He created a few chances. I'm not going to say it was a great game. I felt sorry for the players. The pitch was horrendous again at the San Siro. Yep. Balls bobbling around. Not difficult. Anana had to make some saves um, and go for for Inter. He did. So Porto had the chances, but when he came on, great ball in, I think it was from from Barella. uh, Fantastic header from Lukaku, bang off the post, and then he reacted and volleyed it in, and that was the difference between the sides. But I I wouldn't put any money on Inter going through when they get back to Portugal. Now, this
2: game kind of went as you would expect it to.
3: There wasn't much in
1: this game to get you excited, Dan. Let's let's be honest, and when we look at both of these teams, even though Porto may be good enough to come back at home, you don't feel like anybody who advances out of this uh, particular uh, tie is going to do any more damage in this competition. I think this is as good as it's going to get for them. Uh, what can I tell you? They are adding flavor and spice to the competition, and that's it. But both teams... Wow. They, what they, spice are they adding? Well, not a whole lot of flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll, all I'll say is is... It, it was difficult to watch this ah,
2: The anti-Italian
3: yeah, rhetoric on that show well, I was terrible. sitting watching this game with our producer, but by the right. time it finished, I had known what Lukaku was having for
2: breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh Quite a lot, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Too
3: much. Uh, look, Mark, Mark Ogden uh, joins us as well. Mark,
2: obviously, uh, you're with us to talk about Real Madrid a little bit later on, but I wanted to, you want know, just talk about Lukaku, who is, let's not forget, still a Chelsea player. Thierry Henry speaking today after the game, says that he felt that, uh, obviously, Lukaku wants to stay into Milan. Chelsea need a striker, though.
7: Well, this is it, and, and we don't know who the manager will be in the summer, so maybe whoever the manager is, whether it's Potter or somebody else, might think, you know, let's give Lukaku another try, because they've got a lot of forwards, but like you say, not a striker. But listen, he's 29 now, he's got off the bench and to score tonight, but how many times will we say that Lukaku might be the guy to, to deliver the Champions League? It, I think we've said it too often, though. He, he didn't really do it at Man United, didn't do it at Chelsea. He's done it tonight for Inter Milan, but... I, I think Lukaku will let you down at some point. And I think, you know, Morata's Mur- talk about the same things they've always talked about with Lukaku, his fitness. So if he goes back to Chelsea, he may be better than what they have, but that isn't saying much, is it? Because they've got Aubameyang, who doesn't even play. So I'm not <laughs> sure. I think I, I think it's going to be difficult for Lukaku to either get a move to Inter because of the cost of his wage and his fee or go back to Chelsea. But like, it depends on the manager. If they've got a new manager in the summer who might fancy his chances of getting something out of him, Maybe.
2: I look, look at that phrase, you forget, £97.5 million. <laughs> like, I, mean, with, you know, I think okay. he's
3: made it cr- quite clear, he really, he made it clear when he was when he returned to the club yep. after a few months that he basically didn't really want to be there, it was a financial uh, deal that was done through financial issues for, for Inter and he wanted to stay, blah, 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 and so his heart was never really in it. I agree with Augie. I think, worryingly for Chelsea, I mean, obviously they'll go for a striker in the summer, but he is effectively a better option than what they've got. But I'm I'm absolutely sure he's not the option that that this manager wants, or indeed if Chelsea change the manager that the new manager would want. I, I just don't... I could see him going back to Chelsea through the fact that they can't make it work, but... I don't think he's going to play much. Oh,
2: everything points in the direction that Nkonku obviously is going to join uh, Chelsea. That's what we're hearing. But he's not really, or a, or he's, but
3: again, he's a player who plays slightly in the wider positions. Right.
2: I mean, how. Okay, it's, how not, my, many? it's not my decision. <laughs> well, for a well, little I'm bit of. <laughs> <laughs>
1: for a little bit of context, by the way. Just, just context 103
2: kilos. Yes. It's very heavy for a player. Okay. So he's a big player no. and he scored today, so who cares? No, no, you, you have to care.
1: Well, you know why you have to care? Because he's a player who is prone to injury. Right. And when you're carrying 103 kilos around, you're more <laughs> likely to get injured. Right. And so, if I'm making that decision on Lukaku, this is something that I have to pay attention to. Because what have you been doing for the last couple of months recovering from your injury? Huh? Are you putting in the work? Well, obviously not. Are you good enough to score goals? Well, yes, you have been. I will tell you, again, for context, I was a little wider as a player, right? right. Huh? Uh, a little thicker as a okay. player. Huh? I was 80 kilos. Right. This guy's carrying 23 more kilos. <laughs>
2: tall, isn't he? <laughs> wow, not nice. Are you kidding me? Are you joking? Uh, Frank, man? Come on, of, man. It, That's a lot of timber. It's a lot of tonnage to log around. Uh, Frank, what would you like to add to this conversation?
4: Well, I go back to uh, Thierry Henry's uh, comments about Lukaku, where he said that, uh, in fact, it didn't please him the way that Tuchel was playing him, where, you know, the moving in the front line, the rotation, where Lukaku likes to stay in the middle, like we saw today, where he served uh, Barella once for a for, for volley, where, where he gave the ball but didn't go too far on the side, and were there to, to, to score the goal in the middle, in the middle of the uh, 16-yard box. And he said, with Tuchel, it doesn't work. He, does, he doesn't think that it will work with Potter, maybe with a new coach. But when Thierry Henry, the head coach of Mr. Martinez in, Belgic, in Belgium for, for the national team, say to you that Lukaku doesn't want to come back, well, you can take it for granted. I think they had a discussion. I think he knows him very well. I'm pretty sure that's even Lukaku's word uh, that words that we are uh, hearing from Thierry Henry. So I have no doubt that uh, Lukaku doesn't want to come back. Now there is a contract. Now who, and uh, somebody said that, so, Carragher said that in the, same, uh, in the same time where they were talking. Who is available as a, as a striker? Who is in the world is available? Oziman 100 million again? You know, I'm not sure. Lukaku, uh, looking, um, and Gunku is not a striker is uh he's going to double with mudric or maybe triple with some others but he's not a striker so who is available to play as a striker and when you have one like Lukaku but you ask him to i think you ask him to come back and to lose some weight and run for the for the club and the team to
3: to be fair frank ma Henri and Martinez used them really well for Belgium. That's why they're still. <laughs> that's why they're still in the job. They really used them well. You know what I mean? There's a picture of Henri consoling him, and Henri doesn't look that popular. <laughs> is he look, his, his heart was a, His heart was an enter. He didn't want to leave the first time around. Yeah. The bottom line here is, he'll end up where he ends up. But he doesn't look in great shape. He looks to me as if he's clearly a player on on the, uh, the heading downward on on the ladder not up the way. Uh, so, yeah, and, and Chelsea will never, ever, ever get close to recouping, you know, probably not even 50%. Mm. Not even close to half the fee for Lukaku.
2: I don't think we've d- quite done Interporto enough justice. So let's just go back to that game. Uh, who's going through overall?
3: Do you know I don't like? Well, yeah. I actually had it on two tellys to try and make myself interested in it, but that right, did One, one work for out. each eye. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to say, well, Ottavio got sent off, so he's going to be missing. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to stick my neck, my nose out. It's big enough. Well, I'll I say Porto. Porto. Yeah, just because you hate Italian teams.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ali. Inter. Inter. Yes, and Lukaku scoring, of course. Frank, did you see this game or did you not? Yeah I, I saw
4: and I saw the beautiful save which was the only thing yeah, interesting Yeah that was a the great save just save before from the break the Porto uh, goalkeeper uh, Diego Costa yeah. and I go for Porto I think okay. I'll go
2: for Porto all right, then, good stuff. The oh, talents will be angry. Uh, extra time, as I, always, is available. I <laughs> they, get upset. they get upset at anything. As always, extra time available over on our YouTube. Oh, Don gets his new internet today. Oh, hello. A thousand, for a a thousand
3: pounds. pounds. <laughs> always upset at Don's Wi Fi. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply, need to hire, you need Indeed. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't
1: offer any.
2: Meanwhile, quite the reaction, as you imagine, after Real Madrid come back again. So Liverpool. The front page of As, the Madrid-based newspaper, says, "In heaven, uh, what's that? Which four Knight four. of Magicians? Yes, yeah. Uh, front page, wizard, uh, marker. You, you, you annoy me. Uh, m- m- I annoy you. Yeah. I, I, I mean, somebody who <laughs> so spent right, so right, this is this is French now as well. Oh, yeah. Ah, this is like the comeback door, with, 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 yeah. but with the Ballon d'Or, yeah. the of door." Ah, there we go. Good. Okay, Uh, here's what Jurgen Kopp had to say after the game.
5: We gave all five goals away. All five means we could have done better there, but they were all obviously different. I think the first half was was pretty much, besides the two goals we conceded, the best we played for probably in the whole season. The first goal we conceded, we have to defend better. There are enough players around, nobody puts a foot in, stuff like this. It's it's very tight and it's just a world class moment from Vinicius then as well, but I think it's obvious that we can defend them better. The second goal we cannot defend better, that's a slapstick. Second goal, slapstick, oh, get over it and, and, and play from there. And then the third goal directly after half time, that was, we um, didn't deal particularly well with that. But you can see the third goal, which is a horrible goal, and today it was pretty much the game changer. The other goals which they scored, one is deflected, and they are not really well defended, to be honest. We lose the ball in the wrong moment, which is obviously a massive problem against Real Madrid with the counter-attacking threat they have. And that's how it came to the result, and, um, um, and that's it.
2: Price appraisal there from Jurgen Klot, the back page of the newspapers in England, of course, leading with the likes of humiliation. You need me to translate this? No, I can do this one. Red face, a total uh, (laughs) surrender. (laughs) That's uh, that's Frank. Uh, Mark Ogden, Mark, you are at the game. It must have been quite something to be a spectator, not only for what was going on on the pitch, but the reaction from the fans around it, given the atmosphere at the start, given the resounding you'll never walk alone, the whistling of the UEFA anthem, a 2-0 lead, and then it just all slipping away in such dramatic fashion.
7: Yeah, well, I was there the night they beat Barcelona 4-0, and that at at 2-0 I'm thinking, oh, here we go again. It's going to be one of those nights, one of those so-called famous Anfield glory nights where they put 3-4-5 past the a great European team but even at that point Real were getting a lot of joy you know pushing Liverpool back and dominating the midfield and they it, it just started to pick them off and you're right the, the, the crowd just kind of just it was like turning the mute on a television station at one point it just went silent because Vinicius Junior was was, was tearing down that right flank and I think what we saw last night was that Liverpool's defence has absolutely gone to shreds and it's that Trent Alexander-Arnold can't defend and when Joel Gomez is there next to him it's even worse because that happened in Napoli when they lost 4-1 the same right-sided defensive pairing and he got torn apart. Torn apart last night. You've got Jordan Henderson in midfield who just can't run anymore. You had Modric and Valverde and, and um, yeah, Camavinga just, just destroying them. So it was just... It, it was like the end of an era last night watching Liverpool. And I think the fans got a sense of that as well. I think they realised that what they were seeing was Liverpool going into cold storage in Europe for two or three years because they might not be back in the Champions League next year, maybe in the Europa League. So this felt like the end of that great team. And who knows where the next team will, be, will come from because if they miss out of the Champions League again, Will G. Bellingham want to go to Liverpool in the summer to rebuild that midfield when he could be the only player that's actually worth picking in midfield? Probably not. So that was a really big moment last night at Liverpool. A real kind of, like I say, changing of the guard. But Ray work was just amazing. It was, I mean, Modric is 37 and he just seems to be getting younger rather than getting older. It's an amazing performance.
2: Uh, Frank, you've made no secret of your dislike uh, of Real Madrid. You picked Liverpool, of course, to win this game uh, at Anfield. Surely even you must have been impressed with the way in which they played, particularly in the second half.
4: Definitely. I mean, uh, we had grown-ups against kids in the second half. That was was clear. (laughs) I don't forget that 3-2 uh, Liverpool has the possibility of a penalty. Would have it changed something? I don't yeah, know. Of course you'd bring that but up. Of, of course. The, <laughs> that was the yeah, of push. course. I have to. <laughs> I, I have to because I have to be fair. But I think it's a, it, for me it's a penalty. But whatever. Uh, I think the way that Real Madrid handles the game comparing to Liverpool is at some point Liverpool knows that something is going to go wrong. Where in Real Madrid they know that at some point something good is going to happen. That's the mm. big difference between the two teams, and with the talent that they have. When well, I mean, what a game from Vinicius! What yeah. a talent! What the guy provided yes, uh, yesterday for, for, for his club that was amazing. Uh, Benzema, of course, you know because if they're you know they have to pay attention, but come on, you know that young guy yesterday, he was he was killing everybody, and, um, and on top of it with Allison mistakes with the weakness of the defense are yeah, you going to be smashed and it's what happened It's what happened real talent for real madrid and i don't know what i said. 3-2 for liverpool you know i know nothing about football anymore i think you said 4-0 4-0 to liverpool
2: i think do you
3: know with liverpool you know, we discussed it we, we discussed it a lot yesterday i mean the problems run quite deep it seems and that's become quite obvious and nobody really foresaw that at the start of the season but They've lost the ability, and not just against the Real Madrid's of this world, but pretty much against most teams. They've lost the ability to manage a game. Right. Now, previously when Mane was there and Salah was flying in Firmino and the midfield was operating in the back line, they would manage a game by just suffocating other teams, basically. Driving them home, driving that result home. They can't do that now. They can do it in fits and starts like they did in the first 15 minutes. But, but they have to find a different way now to then... And, and they've not been able to do it to say, okay, 2 0. It's not hammering tongs for another 20 minutes till half time. It's like we need to sit back, get a good shape, protect Alexander Arnold. It's just frantic, isn't it? It, it? it just continues to be, oh, we're Liverpool from 12 months ago and 24 months ago, and it's Carte Blanche just attack, 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 and the full backs forward. They ain't good enough to do that no. anymore no. with this personnel. So they can't manage games, and if you can't manage a game against. These players, this Real Madrid side, they're going to cut you open.
2: And uh, We asked Mark to give us his uh, marks out of ten for the players to Liverpool. I'm being told it's been rather generous uh, yeah. from Mark, so let's take a look at it. Um, what? <laughs>
7: That's out of 10, guys, <laughs> not out of 5.
2: What? <laughs> I, know it, I know it's, it's on it's, it's, it's on 20. It's on
7: 20. It's How has well,
4: got
2: 6, Mark?
7: What? Because, because he, he did make some good saves apart from his mistake. He actually played okay. He just had one mistake. So. But that's quite a big you know, mistake,
2: a game changing well, mistake. Oh,
7: my. He gets 6 of playing behind that defence.
2: <laughs> Van Dyke didn't do anything. What?
7: <laughs> well, he was better than Gomez. He's not a 6. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um. <laughs> that's it, that's it. So here's the, here's the you know, Van Dyke swanning around. He did, I mean, honestly, he he's been he's not been as bad as the others, obviously, but he hasn't been. No, he has not been the leader mm. in the time of crisis that they, they've needed. No. He's not. No, not been able to cajole the troops and organise. And he's as culpable at times as the rest of them, making bad decisions. Uh, yeah, he's he's. Uh, He's been a disappointment as well, but, but I, I agree. I mean, what are they are going to do with Alexander-Arnold? He's a fantastic footballer, and we could eulogize about the balls that he put in the box, but there's two sides to this game. Yeah. And the, the other side of it is just a shambles. Yeah.
1: And to your point Don- about Van Dijk, I, what I see from him is that he's almost saying, well, that's his problem. He made a mistake. Right. That's his bad, and that's his bad. That has nothing to do with me, and yet you're supposed to be the leader of that back line. But he's, it's almost as if he's, yeah. he's absolving himself from responsibility of mistakes made by others. I'm going to stay away from that. That's a ticking time bomb. I don't want any part of that, so I'm just going to stay here. It's not my problem, guys. That is the wrong attitude to have, certainly when you are the focal point of your back line, when you are supposed to, to be the leadership presence. It's not happening for Liverpool because nobody's organizing, and he's not organizing
2: either. Go on, Frank.
1: That-
4: yeah, so then just I, I, it's the point I wanted to go is, is the fact that before, like three years ago, even if any of them, any of the, the, the fullbacks, for example, were making mistakes, you knew that Van Dijk or Alisson would save and will do something. It's not the case anymore. But we are criticizing Alisson and we don't go to Bert Zettich when he tried to take on the players and lost the ball mm. on the two where, where uh, Liverpool were still leading 2-1. it's young, He's young, you can make mistakes, and we don't want to be harsh on him. But that's crazy. Anderson got crazy when they considered the, the goal, where you just have to put the ball back backwards and it would have been safe. Sometimes you made silly mistakes, you make silly decisions, and, uh, and it's what we see right now. Before, everything was working for them. Now it's mm. like everything is working against them. And that's the thing. That's a cycle that you go through, and uh, and uh, we've been there. Everybody's been there. I've known that. And uh, and when and you have to accept it to rebuild something at certain points, you know. Because Liverpool has to rebuild a cycle, a new cycle. Thomas,
7: no, what Ali was saying about Van Dijk, then about just kind of absolving himself from you know the responsibility. Well, that was to Alexander Arnold at times last night. I was watching it quite closely, and it, the, the amount of times he left Joe Gomez exposed, and to the point where it was like. He knew that Gomez needed help, and he wasn't helping him. It he was almost standing back and saying, "Look, you know, you, you sort it of, because I don't like defending. And he doesn't like defending, and I don't think he wants to do it anymore. And that is the problem that Liverpool have got, in the sense that he's obviously his attributes are going forward. Now, do you do you sign a, a better right back so you allow him to play further forward? Or you know, is he a guy that can play midfield? Well, maybe he has athleticism, but does he have does he have the quickness of feet? I'm not sure he does. So. He's becoming a player without a position. And if you're a player without a position, then that is a problem for a team like Liverpool that needs to be more structured. So, you know, I don't know what they do with him. I I think he is a big part of the problem. And he gets away with it because he can put the odd crossing every now and again and score a great free kick. But he is the biggest part of the problem at Liverpool because he can't defend.
3: We've talked about... I mean, you remember back even when they had all the injuries this season? I think it was the uh, year of the pandemic. Yes, Van mean. Van Dyke and pretty much three of the back four. So, you know, Fabinho was playing centre-half and I think Milner was playing back there. And he never changed the shape of the team. That was fine. And I've often wondered, under these circumstances, would he go to your back three or shuffle it up? The answer is clearly no. So so one of the things that baffles me to some extent is... If my weakest player, defensively, is Alexander-Arnold, I'm putting my strongest defender on that side. Right. I'm not putting Gomez there. I'm putting Van Dijk there to try and cover for the inadequacies of Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. I get it. Gomez might not want to play left-sided centre-back, but I'm getting more help from Andy Robertson. I want to be in the trenches with Robertson as a defender, running back. Sure. Might not, I might have to take the ball on my left side, Gomez. I'm not as comfy, but guess what? I can just play it up the channel. But I'm having Van Dijk and his pace and his so-called leadership switch to centre-halves and have him cover Alexander-Arnold. Would that not at least make sense to try and, you know, uh, plug up some of these holes rather than leaving, as the boys said there? Gomez is struggling, right, along with quite a few other players this year. And when you put him in that side with the right back, he's supremely exposed.
2: Uh, Frank almost jumped out of the camera, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Frank.
4: Craig, uh, why don't you, there is another solution. Why don't we give up Alexander-Arnold as a fullback and put him in the middle, in midfield, on the right side, where Anderson was playing. And you play somebody behind him who's more secure defensively. And you you use Alexander-Arnold only offensively, because it's where he's very good at. And, uh, and I don't understand why uh, 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 Jürgen Klopp is so stubborn of keeping Alexander Arlon as, I mean, as a right back. We don't want him as a right back. We understood that he's not good enough. Hmm. But in the midfield, I think it would be useful, you know, to, to uh, offensively.
2: Uh, Mark, overall, <laughs> Looking at it, Liverpool are in serious trouble, aren't they? Because we talk about Jude, Jude Bellingham is going to go to Liverpool. Why would he do that with what's happening at, at the moment? And it's not just a Jude Bellingham will fix everything. There are problems all over the pitch, particularly in midfield and defence, where they need a lot of money to plug that holes, which they don't have in comparison to a Chelsea or a City.
7: Well, they spent all the money on forwards, haven't they? They've got six really good forwards, so at least they sorted out up front. But they've just overloaded there because... You, know, you look at that midfield without Bellingham I mean Fabinho might come back to what he was but he's had a poor season the rest of them you know Bajetic might be a player in three or four years time but they really haven't got massive problems so if sure. you're due Bellingham and if you go to Liverpool because you just want to play for Liverpool which you know some players do you know fair play to them he's going to be the only player he's going to be carrying that midfield for three four five years like Steven Gerrard was for all those years when he didn't win anything so They've got a massive problem. And at the back, like you say, will Van Dijk come back to where he was? Or is he just beginning to coast now? Maybe, maybe not. Alexander Arnold we've discussed, Gomez. You know, Matip's getting on a bit as well. They have got massive problems. And I think the issue is, the, the ownership now is, is stable, apparently, because John W. Henry said they're not going to sell. They're going to have to find the investment. But they're still trying to build the stadium. They're, they're, they're still building the, the Anfield road. And so there's gonna, that's going to cost money as well to finish that job. So right now, Liverpool are in a bit of a perfect storm because they're probably going to miss out on the Champions League. They're going to be in the Europa League next season, so the money that they earn from the Champions League won't be there. That's a massive drop-off. You're talking about £50, £60 million. Pounds. So, all these problems are coming together at the worst possible time. So, you do wonder what the future holds for Liverpool because they have a massive turnaround. They've got a lot of players in the late 20s or early 30s that need to be Thiago, mm. you know, He's not been around for, for ages now, but he he's replacing as well. Where is he? What's so, he up to? <laughs> he's injured again. He's, he's always injured, and that is the problem. You know, they, they signed him. From Where's Bayern Arthur, Mark? Where's injured, Arthur
2: but... to save the day? <laughs>
7: <laughs> I don't know where he is. I mean, I don't think anybody knows where he is. Uh, but that, that, that's the problem. You know, all these players that have gone where they are all. What they, I mean, James Miller might get a new contract this way, and he's probably about, what is he, 47?
3: <laughs> too many Camavinga, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Valverde, yeah. Well, Jude Bellingham at yeah. Real Madrid. Luka Modric still strutting about at forty. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's where you would go. Yes. Yeah. You course. can imagine adding Jude Bellingham to that squad, yes. not necessarily walking straight into that team, but imagine if you looked at the two sides. And I get what Mark's saying. You know, maybe a player wants to play somewhere. But lots of players want to play in Spain at Real Madrid. Well, yeah. When well, you've seen the success they have. Yeah. When well, you've seen the players... At the,
2: the... the allure of the uh, Europa League or the, uh, well, <laughs> the Conference it, League. Seeing
3: what you're going to be... I mean,
2: I, I think that's
1: where he's going to be. Here's the up. thing, though. It's easy to focus on the humiliation in Champions League because of the stage that Champions yeah. League is. But this is the same Liverpool team that was destroyed yeah. by Brighton. Yeah. And I mean destroyed. And Wolves. <laughs> destroyed. So, look... We're surprised in the manner in which it happened, but when we have seen Liverpool over the course of the season and the level at which they have played, in the end, we should not be surprised that a team like Real Madrid playing as well as they did were able to essentially destroy Liverpool in the manner in which they did. We had marks, Marks.
2: I suppose we better get your marks as well for for Real Madrid. mm -hmm. I imagine they're slightly higher. I think he gets a 10, does he? Let me start with Thibaut Courtois. Oh.
1: Usually, it would be even lower, but because the team won, I give him a three. <laughs> All right, a participation grade. Nacho would get a nine, would he, I imagine, if he was on the I, I, I had Nacho with an eight, I okay, believe, right, okay. uh, because not easy to do what he did, and there was obviously an upgrade to what Alaba, who I think was injured before he actually came up, because he was getting turned inside out down that side. Beyond that, it's just a lot of high grades and a high level performances. Camavinga only gets a seven through the midfield because early on in the He's game, he was having, him. he was slipping, he was struggling all over the place, he was having difficulties completing passes, but he picked up the pace of the, of the game. And then once we get into the Modric Benzema Vini conversation, Modric outstanding. Yeah. Benzema, two goals. And Vinicius Jr. gets a 10, which I don't often give when I do the ratings, but he deserved it because he was the spark that Real Madrid needed. And it was a spark that continued to provide an impactful level of play for them, that continued to push forward, that continued to exploit the spaces that were there. was always a threat, and not only was he a threat, there was productivity at the end of it as well. I thought this was one of the best games that we have seen from Vinicius, and certainly in, yeah. in the context of Champions League and in the platform of Champions League, this was outstanding from him, and outstanding really from Real Madrid. The second half, they
2: were one of a kind. Mark, how impressed are you with Vinicius in particular in person?
7: Oh, he's sensational. And you know, when you consider what he's had to put up with off the field for, in recent weeks as well, with the racism emissions in Spain, you know, that it, it must be a terrible thing to deal with. But he, on the pitch, he's, he's blanked it out, and he, and he was sensational last night. And I think, you know. In the Premier League, in England, we can kind of get carried away by being very narrow-minded and focusing on what's in front of you, saying that Marcus Rashford right now is the best player in Europe. I think we saw last night that Vinny Jr. is probably elevated ahead of Rashford because he's doing it on the biggest stage, the Champions League. A Champions League game at Anfield and he's, and he's playing like that, it was amazing. and I think it was your know, 18 goals in 35 games this season or something like that. He is a, he's a real star. He, he's a superstar in the making if he's not already a superstar.
2: Uh well Point of, material, Say again? <laughs> Point of the year material <laughs> <laughs> Second, <Pop> it. Play <in. laughs> of the year. Popping it. Play of the year. No, it's in La Liga. Real Madrid only care about a few games <laughs> in La Liga. One of them is this weekend as they take on Atletico Madrid in El Derby. That game live on ESPN Plus. Uh, you can join us at noon as the Real Madrid take on Atletico Madrid, then Barca take on Almeria on Sunday. Uh, that's a 1230 kickoff. Then of course next week it's all about the start of these classicos that are coming thick and fast. Real Madrid taking off Barca at the Bernabeu in the first leg of the Copa del Rey. Two weeks after that at the camp now it's Barca against Real Madrid in La Liga and then on April the 5th it's the second leg of that Copa del Rey semi-final in Catalunya. Uh, Europa League, of course, continues on Thursday. Most eyes will be on Barca against Manchester United. The second leg, of course, at Old Trafford. Cracking first leg, of course, we saw at the camp now. All to play for going into that second leg. Garnacho decided to dye his hair to oh. get it ahead of this oh. game. There it is. Ah, who would do that? Who would do that, Craig Ooh, Burley? Oh. Who would dye their hair in such a manner? Oh not even... It's coming. You know it's coming. Here it comes. Yes. Here Standard. Oh. But you didn't dye your eyebrows. That's Vaseline, yes? Is that right? Yeah. That, that Beautiful. Vaseline
3: was to, <laughs> Vaseline was to stop the, the, the sweat from the hot French evening and up my what rate, oh, yeah. which, was, which only lasted 60 minutes. Is that the game so you got sent off in? I believe that was the one I got sent like, off Magical. <laughs> At least are. everybody knew who got sent off. Standard, <laughs> standard bringing up of the photo again. Whenever yeah. somebody Dyes hair. <laughs> there you go okay I don't uh, regret it you know what's that I didn't ask Whoa. you if you regretted it no, but I, you can, you, I don't...
2: I've dyed my hair I did my tips in the past oh, oh it's beautiful okay. you know, sometimes you've got to get
3: yourself out there what We're, you
2: get um, yourself out there what is a that? trailblazer is oh a trailblazer. Like Frank was a trailblazer
3: for bald men in France
2: yeah, <laughs> that was it that was it Frank you look shocked you must have seen that before
4: I'm in shock but I don't know if I can be part of that conversation you know but uh, really Craig great i'm very disappointed you know my, management, my uh,
3: scotland management team were in shock when i walked back into the team meeting <laughs> with with the hair different color than when i'd left the hotel yes. yeah
2: i bet uh, yeah i imagine so. i don't think
3: they were very pleased
2: was it was it w- which team was it Mark? was it romania that all yes. dyed their hair was that 96
3: no, that was n- that might have been '98, which was. Oh, was that '98? Well? So, wh- so wh- the, but, but they did it following you. Was that what it was? No, I don't know. <laughs> Trendsetter, trailblazer. However, I have it on good authority from Ian Dark oh. uh, that. I was the only one in the Scotland team with the blonde hair, so that wasn't difficult. Yeah. But 11 players with blonde hair, commentator's an absolute nightmare.
2: Absolute nightmare. Right, let's talk about anyway, that. Let's on. talk about the game, show we, between Manchester United. How things have changed at United, Mark. Eh? What a different feeling around the whole club over the last few months. And a victory against Barcelona, which they are favourites, of course, to get done. We'll just add another rung to this fantastic ladder of confidence that Ten Hag is building. Nice analogy, Dan. Yeah. Thank you.
7: Yeah, I'm, I'm just pleased you've asked me <laughs> on to say nice things about Man United because you usually ask me on to say bad things about Man United. So it's a change <laughs> to say that, you know, things are going well. But uh, it, it is. I mean, it, it, the change has been incredible considering at the start of this season, two games in that I think people talk about Ten Hag might want to walk away because it's such a mess. But things have changed. He, he's made some massive decisions that have, that have paid off. Ronaldo dropping Harry Maguire, that sort of thing. And I think... I think they going to this game as favourites because I think Barcelona are missing, the missing Pedri, they're missing their Dembele's not fit as well. So I think United are slight favourites and obviously they've got the Carabao Cup final on Sunday as well. So, you know, this this thing about not winning a trophy in 2017, all of a sudden they could be in the next round of the Europa League and with a trophy at the weekend. So he's done an incredible job and I think we talked about Liverpool earlier on. You know, Liverpool might be on the decline and if Man United now are coming back and Arsenal as well, it makes it even more difficult for Liverpool to, to rebuild but um, a resurgent Man United.
2: Oh, look, little dig at Liverpool there continues from Mark in his Manchester what ways. What
1: Climbing the fantastic ladder? No,
2: the ladder of confidence. Oh, the ladder of yes, confidence. Yes, yeah, exactly. You, you, you
3: could have simplified the
2: Manchester whole thing. Manchester United, shut <laughs> Manchester United then favourites uh, to advance the, the next round. No Gavi, no Pedri. Big ask, isn't it, for Xavi's team? Uh,
1: Yes. Uh, When we think of Barcelona and their strength, we think of that midfield, and we think of Gabi and Pedri. They're not available. We don't know about what the status of Busquets. He just came back to training. Is he really an answer for you? Well, maybe he gives you some sort of uh, passing consistency through the midfield, but is he going to be able to track runners out of the midfield? I don't think that's the case. It's probably going to be Busquets, uh, De Jong, and potentially Franchesi playing that midfield. I don't think that's enough for Barcelona. You're going to need an explosive knife from Lewandowski. He hasn't been all that explosive as of late. He scored and, on and the weekend, and but he has been going through a drought. And scoring goals has been a problem for Barcelona as well. In general, I'm saying yes, it is a big ask. And I don't like doing this. Wow.
3: You know my allegiance is to La Liga. Well, there
2: you Manchester are. I'm just United are going through uh, Yeah, United.
3: But it's not, it's, it's not just getting to the next round of Europa League, because I think for United fans it's generally... a about the Champions League, it's about who the potentially they're going to knock out. Mm. You know, at the top of La Liga. Yes, yeah. You know, it's a big statement. And the performance in the camp now was with Pedri and Gavi. You know what I mean? So, so it's not like they're going. To, if they go through, well, we don't know about tomorrow, but they certainly were not lucky in, in Spain because of the injuries. I'm and because of United's form, I'm, I'm siding with with Manchester United. And it's not just Rashford; it's all the other cogs. But in particular, and he has annoying symptoms. But the link-up play and the sort of telemetry between uh, Rashford and Bruno Fernandes. Mm. Bruno Fernandes, when he drops in those little positions, he starts on the right and he drifts in. He's brilliant at playing those first-time balls around the corner. And Rashford reads them, he makes the runs. And the whole link-up play at the moment for United has been, been excellent. And whilst it's no foregone conclusion, I think United will just get it done. And Xavi has to go back to playing Kunde right back
1: and Ronald Araujo center back. Yes. Not the nonsense that he tried last week for no apparent reason, when the team had been so good defensively. Enough of these crazy changes. Yep. If you have been so consistently good and so solid in the back line, why change it? I think at this point you go back to Kunde right back, Araujo, and Christensen right next to him.
2: Telemetry, eh? Yes, I know. Well, it's quite a big word. Yes. For you? Uh, Frank, United to go through...
4: Uh, I would go for Manchester. I think uh, for for quite a while now they are very united. They work very work together. Uh, Ten Hag has been has done a beautiful job, you know, inside the dressing room, you know, uh, put everything back to order, and we can see the the results of everybody working together. As uh, Craig said, you know, it's not only Rashford that we can mention. Uh, I'm not a big fan of, of Bruno Fernandes. Well, lately, but when he signed for Manchester United, he was absolutely fantastic, and he is going back to who he was, uh, working hard but trying to find, uh, working hard but finding also good uh, good uh, spaces for the for the others and uh, making good passes. And everybody's working hard, and at the back as well, it's more solid. So I don't see. Uh, Barcelona without the two young guys you know, um, creating a surprise at Old Trafford. So I go for Manchester United.
2: Mark, we know you're going to say United. Did you really want to sell Marcus Rashford when he was scoring all these goals, Mark?
7: He wasn't scoring the goals when I said he, was it? I wouldn't have said that then. No, what I said, I, I thought Rashford needed a change of scenery, a change of something, and San hag has been a change of scenery. And what has been the change of scenery is Ronaldo going. It's created the the Breathing space for Rashford to to kick on and to be the main man. I think everything's falling into place, but I think I don't think I was the only one that said it either. I think quite a few of you were agreeing that. No, I think you were the only one, the only one in the world
2: who said it, Mark. (laughs) Definitely. Now, look, what about Uh, the telemetry? Thank you very much. Are you going to Wembley, Mark, for the final?
7: I am, yes, yes, working Uh, obviously.
2: Oh, you're all right. I wasn't <laughs> okay. suggesting anything. Else. I don't, I don't don't really. any <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One more thing, We of course be bringing that final live on ESPN Plus. Newcastle against Manchester United should be a cracking match on Sunday. Shouldn't It's live and exclusive on ESPN Plus. And then midweek next week, it's all about the FA Cup. four tie on the 28th. And then, when's the 28th? That Wednesday third what time? Well, it's just the 28th. Don't you? you Tuesday and Wednesday. S- simplify we it. No, I am. But uh, people want to go what February 28th. though? It's next Tuesday. Wednesday. No, we got Wednesday. calendars. We got calendars. <laughs> <laughs> Even Nickel can <cannot> up a calendar. <laughs> Manchester United against West Ham. Uh, the feature tie
0: on Wednesday. <laughs>
2: MLS kicks off this weekend and they've decided to change things around a little bit. Um, A lot of teams now qualify for the playoffs, nine from each conference, that's over 60% of the teams. Now the number eight and number nine seed at the end of the regular season will qualify for a wild card match, which is two single elimination matches and the winner advances. Now, slight twist now for the first round, it's going to be best of three. So there's going to be no ties, so it doesn't carry over to the second leg. There's no aggregate scores. If it's tied after the first 90 minutes of the game, it will go to penalties. So if you win the first game, lose the second game, it goes into the third game. That's kind of the best of three format. The rest of the playoffs after that round will
3: be normal. (laughs) What? and then if if it's a tie after that, it's a drinking competition.
2: Uh, Well, there you
3: go. You you and Stevie should get our (laughs) retirement.
1: Ali, do you like this? What do you think, Dan?
2: I don't know. Maybe you fancy a little bit of spice, something a little different.
1: No, 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 of course not. This is uh, this is pleasing, perhaps the new TV deal.
2: Is is this because it's more games? Yes, this
1: is um, potentially pleasing the owners uh, because you're getting the opportunity for more games and potentially more playoff games. I suppose that you're catering to owners and those that obviously right. have gotten behind the new TV deal. But just, just think about it from a competition standpoint. It is the best of three, correct? Right. So you win the first game. You could potentially dominate that game and win 4 nothing. But it doesn't matter because it counts the same as winning one nothing. Right. You can win it in penalties, and it still will count the same. You go back to the next game, right? It's and, and, it's, and it's the same. It's the, we go through the same process. So are you, really, are you really figuring out who's the best team to advance? Which you would assume that if you play a best of three, yep. that you indeed would do that. But I, I, don't, I don't think you're
2: getting there. And if you get there, you get there by taking the scenic route. But I suppose that like, it's a synonymous with, with some U.S. sports, baseball, for example. Have have this in the first round of their playoffs. It works for them. Why can't it work here? Dan,
1: sometimes you say things in this show that you preempt by saying, "This is stupid. <laughs> this is dumb." Right? Don't compare baseball playoff to soccer. Right? Don't, please. Because then, OK, why don't we play a best of seven? Well, there you are, well, why don't we play a World <laughs> Series, then? I mean, if, if this is the path that you want to go down, then when does it stop? Right? The best of three, is, it is a foreign concept to soccer. It is much more of a baseball concept. Yeah. It is much more of a basketball concept. Single knockout. Why is that so difficult to figure out? Right? How you play at the higher seat. You, they are the, the, the team hosting. Whoever wins advances. Win or go home. That's apparently too difficult to try to do because you need to sell these extra playoff games. And in the end, that's what you're doing. It's an extra amount of money for somebody who's going to benefit from it. But it doesn't help the competition as much as they may want to sell it as some sort of exciting
3: new value, new format to MLS. When I bowled in the studio yesterday, about 10 minutes before we were live, you guys were discussing this. Yes. Ali, you and Stevie. Yeah. (laughs) Stevie was on the phone reading it and making lots of noises that were... I <laughs> don't know what they were. But, look, I'm... I'm Major League Soccer can, can, can do what they want. That's fine. I'm not going to... I'm not going to critique that. That's their business. All I will tell you is three games against the same team in such a short period of time is a tough, is a tough sell. And I'll tell you why. In Scotland, because the, leagues, the league is so small, the top division each team plays each, uh, each other in the league four times mm-hmm. over the course of a full season. Now, most leagues they play, it's twice, home and away. It's home twice and away twice. And even that, after, over the course of nine and a half months, is a little bit monotonous, you know what I mean? Really? Yeah, and and they've looked at ways to try and change it, to try and, you know, introduce extra teams. Do a, They've tried many things to take away that, that, sort of familiarness with these teams. But it's difficult. And they're trying to introduce that over, I mean, what were the three games we played in? Um, eight, ten days? Uh, well, yes. Two weeks? Well, yeah, it has it, not,
1: not even two weeks. It's so, probably yeah. Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Now, good luck. Bob. I, I'll, I'll give you a, another situation that I, it just thinks that logically j- they just jump out at you. When you think, okay, the playoffs should be if, if indeed you have a playoff structure, the playoffs should be the most important games, the defining games of the season. Yes. You have the risk in a, in a uh, best-of-three situation or in a three-game series that one of those games could potentially be meaningless. Yeah. Because if a team is winning 3 nothing, 2 nothing, 70th minute, you're thinking about the next game, so now you're taking players off the field. So that, those last 20 minutes, 30 minutes of that particular game, because of a coaching decision that makes sense, because you're about to play a game in two days against the same team, that now is rendered meaningless. And
2: now, how hard are you fighting as the opposition player when you know you've got a second chance
1: right. around the corner? Right. And so, so you're rendering moments in the playoff that are supposed to be the most important part of your structure as a league, because you are a playoff league, right? This is where everything gets defined. You're rendering moments in the playoff as meaningless.
2: That's where I have a problem. Um, I wonder if they have a problem on Football Americas. Mm. We'll find out, of course, uh, <laughs> tomorrow night. I'm not sure if Seb's on it because, of course, he had the oh. baby. He,
3: he's bringing the baby apart. It, is
2: the baby on? Oh, he's yeah. definitely not on it, apparently. Oh. Oh, no. he, he'll be calling in. <laughs> he's,
3: he's, he's taking his paternity <laughs> leave, I believe. <laughs> Thank you for- <laughs> Thank you, Craig, for that. I just thought I'd be very formal about that. Thanks for the update, Craig. Just in case it ever comes up for me. (laughs) You never know.
2: I don't know, you are a granddad. Uh, That is it, we
3: will be back (laughs) tomorrow for more.
2: That would be a comeback. extra time is next. Welcome in then to today's oh, edition of Extra Time. I should have done it. Well, I don't know why you want to punch me. Well, i have just said the same facts. You are a granddad. Oh, I
3: am, but it's the little kind of annoying way you say it. What <laughs> <laughs> you go? You are a granddad. Smirking about the camera. <laughs> there you
2: are. One day. Hey, nice, isn't it? <laughs> Ali's with us as well. Yet to be a granddad. <laughs> Frank is a granddad. I, I hope it's a hey. so wild. Always, always. I am. What's the world made for? Youngest granddad on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, apparently, our producer sent us a special first question. Okay, all right. Oh. Hope it's not one of the ones he was asking me up there watching <laughs> the game. Right, I, I don't, this is just a mess. I don't know what this is. You've okay. sent me. Okay, all right, well. So it's,
3: it's his lunch menu. It's his order.
2: <laughs> Are you okay? Well, look, I've got all these texts here, and you, it, it's like you're saying the third to last one. Of course, I'm going to go to the top one, aren't I? Right. Why did VAR check the obvious handball in the box at the end of the City Leipzig game? That's a question. Why didn't they? That's... Why didn't they? Peter Walton says they didn't. He's got a live feed into the VAR like room, and he could clearly see they just they didn't. Well, and isn't that the question yeah. that we've been asking? Yes.
1: I. We don't have the answer because the obvious choice would be to. And the obvious decision would be to take a look at the place. You have the system in place, take a look at it. Somebody, and once you take a look at it, I'm guessing this is a handball. There you go. It, that has been a handball forever. It, it, I don't care on the changes of the law interpretation at all. This has been a handball forever and continues to be a handball.
2: Uh, the confusion has been, been led by Pep saying that he understood that VAR had checked it. Oh. But now the suggestion is maybe was being sarcastic. But anyway, it wasn't a handball. It wasn't given. Penalty wasn't given. It's 1-1. So it that's how it finished.
1: And this is a question that the producer wanted. Well, you know what he's like when he gets a B in his Oh, body. So I see.
2: S- yeah. S-S- uh. it could have sent Haaland to check <laughs> <to be fair>. <laughs> <laughs> something for him to do. <laughs> got much Okay, after the first leg results, which two teams look best to advance to the final, Frank?
0: Mm. Uh,
4: oh. Well, Real Madrid, for sure. Yes. Um, and I would say Manchester City. Yeah. Oh, really? Me. Yeah. No, but you went wrong yesterday. Because you know, if I if, like, you know Mr. Rose, because we did not ask a question, Mr. But the coach of uh, Leipzig, I don't know what he did. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know how much he plays. You know, and you know that if you only defend, you're going to be smashed. And it's what happened in the first half. And the one he was the coach of Borussia uh, Mönchengladbach, he did the same. He lost 2 0 the first tie. 2-0 the second time, and he was about to do the same until he decided to wake up and play differently the second half. But sorry, it seems to be too late. I don't think Manchester City is going to lose uh, at home against Leipzig.
3: What's wrong? Voilà. That? Yeah. Annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's called Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's mate, is it? (laughs) No, it's Frank. Frank Frank in general. Mark Mark, (laughs) calling us. Actually, I'm going to say Real Madrid and Napoli.
2: Yeah, I think that would be the general consensus, wouldn't it? uh, Yeah, I think that's the correct answer. Frank got it wrong. (laughs) Uh, Any chance? No. uh, Any chance? No English clubs go through to the quarters, given that none of them won the first leg.
5: Mm.
2: Yeah. Every chance. So Chelsea. Chelsea lost to Dortmund, yeah. Milan lost to Spurs, City drew and Liverpool lost to Real Madrid. Spurs lost to Milan. Dylan, did I say well Milan lost to Milan?
3: <laughs> no. Liverpool, no chance. No. Chelsea, small chance. Yeah. Can't score. Uh, Tottenham, 50-50. Right. Milan are not, not very good, but I yeah. don't know what Tottenham And I think City should advance. Yep. What are we at the moment? It's only round of 16. Yeah. So City should advance at least to the quarters. First lot, isn't it? And then they can figure the Haaland thing
2: out. For Frank, we are in late February and Real Madrid have scored more goals in England this year than Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what needs to happen for this to change on Sunday against Spurs? What a line that is. That's good no <laughs> oh, I don't know what to
4: answer to that you know <laughs> they have a striker but he plays for an inter and score tonight you know um but uh, that's I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know how they're going to solve all the problems out because it's not only how, uh, the fact that they don't score goals, it's also, it's also, you know, how they work in the middle of the park and we said the comparison with, the, with Real Madrid, you know, working hard in the middle of the park and, and helping the talented players at front to score goals. It's, it goes with the old team and uh, I don't know how to, you know, uh, analyze that comparison but uh, well done, I would say, Real Madrid, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> wow. go for HRC, a, you know, don't give a, up. A
2: compliment from Frank. Frank, apparently you have to turn off your Wi-Fi, that's what the buzzing is.
4: Yeah, but the thing is, my problem is that we, we've been cut off during the show, and uh, right. the connection, I don't know, in France doesn't work anymore. Right now, there are some works. I guess, so I have to <laughs> put the Wi-Fi. Otherwise, you know, you can say goodbye to Frankie tonight. There
3: you go. Well, there we are. All All right. right. Well, so (laughs) turn off the Wi-Fi. In the old days, (laughs) that was the magical way we managed (laughs) to... Yes. I still get paid for this, don't I? Boom, off you go. I'm getting paid for... Yeah, you get... Wires out, all the wires
1: out in London. And Frank made it sound, I see, for a Wi-Fi problem in all of France.
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, of course.
3: Meanwhile, uh, our other colleague has
2: basically been stuffed today. (laughs) Frank, Don is paying a thousand pounds for new, new internet in his house. Mm. Your turn. Oh, frank.
3: oh <laughs> Frank's frank gone. That's it. <laughs> I'm just imagining these guys coming up with this, this small thing and Don's gone. A thousand for that! <laughs> <I'm> doing, yeah. <laughs> well, this, what it does is round the house. No, don't, don't. Have you heard of Victor Osman?
2: He's <laughs> <laughs> very good, you know. Okay. Now, this is quite easy, I reckon. Start, bench, sell. Thiago Silva. Modric. Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Star Modric benched
1: at this, at, at this point, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Star Modric benched Thiago Silva, sell Ronaldo. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense
3: well at the moment yeah, yeah. Yes, yes that's why it was easy yeah exactly Ronaldo haters yeah oh
5: God. Oh, oh, messy man. lovers oh, oh yeah. God. Oh, this show this show. stinks ah.
2: it stinks Freaking. hates Italy <laughs> hates Neymar hates. oh
3: Neymar Ah, oh, Ronaldo look at them they're embarrassing <laughs> hates Ronaldo hates Manchester United Messi bias
2: oh dear right <clears throat> it is Shaka's birthday today. Oh, hello. Yeah. yeah Any so prediction th- when Dr. Hislop disembarks from his yacht and returns to the studio? Oh, yeah. wow, that's... Uh, he's in Trinidad and Tobago at the moment. Isn't Has he? been for a while. The longest carnival in the yes. history of the world. Yep. He's there, it's very no, much one, enjoying it's himself.
3: It's no wonder in the old days he used to sort of meander down there on his own, right? <laughs> <laughs> And that got kiboshed. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what, what speculation are you throwing And now he's, he's accompanied yeah, well, by somebody who's going to keep their beady eyes on him. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> this, <laughs> is, this is Craig Burley, the yeah, only yes. saying this, yes, by the way. Yes. <laughs> what, what, no, I'm, I'm not suggesting anything. <laughs> you very suggesting. Well, I'm,
1: I'm <laughs> suge- putting it out there.
3: Well, I, I'm suggesting he's watching when he's down there. You know, just for his own health. Right, I you know, see. Are, yeah, I've seen him on the bourbon. Right. It's like he's not—he's not, not healthy. Oh, dear, right, that is it. <laughs> covered in feathers and
2: <laughs> all that. He said he doesn't wear all that. He gets quite quite naughty when I say he wears yeah. feathers. Uh, there we are. Um, I think we're done. I think that's it. Anything you would like to add? <laughs> no, no not more feathers. <laughs> no. uh, uh, we will be back tomorrow to reflect on uh, Manchester United against uh, Barcelona. Uh, be sure to join us.